Welcome to Season 2, Episode 13 of the Family Travel Australia podcast. We are Katie, Paul and Jasper from the Feel Good family. Join us as we explore this great country, Australia, its people, places and cultures. Welcome to this week's episode. Week two in Tassie. I know, and we are officially in love with Tasmania. Mm. We said it last week, yeah. and now being into our second week, you can uh, be certain that we are <laughs> definitely in love. Yeah, this this place is amazing, and it seems to be that each new place that we go, we're just even more wow can it get any more beautiful we're just in awe of how naturally stunning and diverse tasmania is i think that's it it's the amount of beauty in different types of landscapes different environments the abundance of wildlife is astounding Mm, it sure is and so our first stop this week is waratah That's right. So we're on our journey south down the western coast, a.k.a. the Western Wilds. Mm. And I just have to say, I love this name because it totally sums up. I mean, it conjures up. We're traveling to the Western Wilds. I mean, what does that conjure up in your mind? It, It makes you think of rugged, epic landscapes. And that is exactly what it is, you know, rugged, epic weather as well. So Waratah was a great pit stop for us on our way to Queenstown, about the halfway point from travelling southwards from Stanley down to Queenstown. And we overnighted in Waratah and what a unique and gorgeous, quaint little town this is, but with something that you certainly don't see in most towns. That's right. There is this beautiful waterfall that is stunning right in the middle of town. Like literally right in the middle of town. Like if you needed to drive to the pub, for instance, which is pretty much the only other thing in town, uh, you drive over the waterfall. <laughs> it is amazing. You can sit at the pub and have a drink and look at the waterfall. Yeah, it is fantastic. There is only a half a dozen odd buildings, I think, in town. Yeah, it's a and, sweet It's a sweet little town, isn't it? And a lot of old uh, relics from the history of their tin mining, mm-hmm. uh, which I think brought them uh, some pretty big wealth and fame early on in Tasmania's colonisation. Mm. And they also had a hand in Tasmania's hydroelectricity. Wow. Well, I mean, it would make sense, right? They've got the the perfect access to test and, and try out something like that. It just, I don't know. I mean, we've seen plenty of waterfalls, you know, particularly in the Gold Coast hinterland and during our travels as well. But to actually see one in a location like this is just... It's just so different, and it was just really beautiful. Even where the the free camp was that we stayed the night, which literally was just uh, in some grass, like parkland area behind the post office and the council offices, was right on the beautiful lake and waterway that feeds the waterfalls. So, mm. I mean, it's it was just a unique, beautiful spot. 
Yeah, and I think that's it. You're, you're right. I think the entire town, its establishment, was focused and built around the waterfall mm. because of the energy that it was able to create mm. so early on in Tasmania's history. It's amazing. I mean, I think we'll always remember Waratah for its natural beauty, but, I mean, you you did get to know that waterfall quite intimately, didn't <laughs> you, Paul? I did. I wasn't going to talk about this, but I <laughs> had a slight mishap with my drone while capturing some uh, beautiful footage. Uh, but needless to say, the drone and I were reunited on the very top of the waterfall. Mm. Uh, fortunately, neither of us went over and uh, I recovered the drone and the footage. So good news, we're still droning. Yeah, absolutely. And that <laughs> footage does feature in our YouTube episode. It's pretty special. So we, as you said, overnighted there and we were on the road again, back down the winding roads. There's a couple of options to actually take from Waratah into Queenstown. And we chose a road, I believe it was called Anthony Main Road. And I'm glad that we did because it was this very steep, windy ascent up the mountain ranges and then this winding road through these epic mountain ranges with stunning views all the way down into Queenstown. And look, we had a number of people say to us when we decided to stay in Queenstown, oh, really? You're going to stay there for a few nights? But I have to say, I mean, the drive-in was, again, another spectacular example of what we were about to expect during our stay. But I really loved the town of Queenstown as well. It, it was a fantastic base camp to explore the region. And I guess the Queenstown probably unfairly gets a bit of a bad rap because of its mining history. And a lot of people think that Queenstown is bare, rugged. It's a barren moonscape yes. in a lot of uh, forums that you read about it. But I mean, we had the best of both worlds. And yes, there is some barren moonscape, particularly the drive out of Queenstown. But that in itself is spectacular. Mm, it's incredible. But where we stayed at the Queenstown Cabin and Tourist Park, we would stand in the kitchen of the van and look out. And it, I mean, we could have been in the middle of Alaska or Canada. The forest and the mountains, it was just incredible. So, um, we really loved being in Queenstown and it was only about an hour's drive, give or take, to head over to the um, seaside town of Strawn. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Which is where we went on a day trip to experience World Heritage Cruises and their Gordon River Cruise, which was just awesome. And best of all, they're a family-owned and operated tourism attraction that has been in business on the Gordon River mm -hmm. since 1896. Yeah, they know their stuff. They do. <laughs> they know the good spots. They're actually known as the famous red boat, and it's um, I think a boat is maybe uh, <laughs> plays it down. It's it's a beautiful luxury catamaran mm. that must be able to take somewhere between 250 and 300 passengers, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah, and it's decked out. I mean, it's a six-hour cruise, so you have lunch on board, which was fantastic, mm. and it's all decked out to obviously be able to to cater for that. Look, we've we've done quite a few cruises in our six months on the road, and 
I have to say, as far as a family-friendly environment goes, I mean, probably because these guys have been family-run for <laughs> so long, yeah. but they had a dedicated, like, game toy playroom for the kids. So knowing that we had Jasper, they sat us right next to where that was and it was downstairs right down in the hull of the boat of the catamaran and it was stocked full of lego and all sorts of great things there was bean bags bean bags and a screen yeah. so on the return journey back to the wharf they put a movie on for the kids on board to just chill out and relax too i mean jasper had a blast and um, he hardly saw any of the Gordon River while we were cruising because he was too busy down there playing and keeping himself occupied. So that was also awesome for Paul and I to be able to relax and really take in the best of the cruise as well. Oh, that's right. And we even got to enjoy a glass of wine over well, lunch. We and did, yeah, uninterrupted too, which just doesn't mm. happen when you're trying to also keep your little ones entertained. So for the six hours, there's a number of key highlights mm. uh, that you get to take in. The first stop or uh, highlight is Hell's Gate, mm -hmm. which is this unique uh, double lighthouse. Um, it's like the mouth of the Macquarie Harbour. That's right. And it was where all the convicts had to pass through on their way, I guess, back in the day to hell. Yeah, well, and that is exactly why it is named Hell's Gates, because it was aptly named that from that period of time the prisoners literally thought they were going to hell on earth and i suppose when you take in the um the environment and the surroundings and one of the other highlight stops which we'll talk about in a minute sarah island you can understand why they thought that. I mean, today, though, when you get to cruise through those jewel lighthouses on these big craggy rocks that jut out into the waterway, it's spectacular. I mean, you just want to take a thousand photos of it, which is exactly what we did. But 200 years ago, I think it would have felt very different coming into that harbour. Oh, it is such a, a beautiful environment and with such a tragic uh, amount of history in their storytelling. So Sarah Island is known as Tasmania's oldest and most remote convict settlement. They had 1,200 prisoners there over a 10-year period, mm. uh, and a, a lot of which did uh, die captive. And I guess they chose that location for its remoteness to stop the prisoners thinking of escape. Not only did they have to deal with the waterway and survive crossing that, but then also the rugged landscape and the thick forest that they would then have to have made their way through to, you know, survive. So... They really chose a good spot, and gee, it was absolutely beautiful. But like you say, Paul, there's so much history. It's very, it's sad, and it's it's a little, uh, eerie is not the right word, but it conjures up a lot of emotion when visiting these places. Mm, I think you're right. And we, we've been told the similar story uh, in reference to Port Arthur, where, mm. which we will make our way there um, in the next couple of weeks. But similar feel there from people that visit that 
these incredibly beautiful locations have such deep and sad stories attached to their history. So, mm. and but on a positive note too, these are stories that you know that sort of that founded our our country as well. So they're fascinating and and interesting and getting to know the people that came out and you know like forged ahead and really settled Australia. It's it's certainly stuff that I don't remember learning at school. So I'm loving the the historical side of Tasmania. It is certainly a rich history here. So from there we cruised on down the Gordon River, mm. which has been really famous in history for human pine. Yes. And the logging that happened through there to where uh, there's almost no human pine left. It's incredible. In fact, I think you have to have a license. There's no more licenses being granted, but you do have to have a license to be able to salvage hue and pine that has been left. Yeah, from those from those days gone by of chopping them down and mm. and you know they're still on riverbanks and yeah, like, it's incredible. Amazing. Which does also increase its value. Mm. And it's an incredibly um, popular wood choice for boat building and that that was why it was uh, so desired and so valuable back in the day and right. still today but such a slow growing tree mm. which is fascinating i think it grows at the rate of one centimeter a year and we got to experience an 800 year old hewn pine at heritage landing which was our final stop on this cruise and jasper in his uh innocent beautiful three-year-old way uh even offered a kiss on the trunk mm. of the tree, which was a special moment for us all, wasn't it? It sure was. And Heritage Landing is a World Heritage Area. It's part of the Franklin Gordon Wild Rivers National Park in Tassie. And, gee, it was just stunning. We followed the boardwalk through. It was just thick forest and rainforest and then the Huon Pine and... It was just so wonderful to have an opportunity to get into um, a part of the National Park, you know, that is only accessible by the landing there from Gordon River. It really does show you how unaffected this environment and this corner of Tasmania is uh, from any human impact at all. It's... It is incredible. It is incredible. And when you look at the map of Tassie and you see how much of the island is classified as National Park, it does really – I mean, we had a moment when we were there when we said this, you know, this is this is like what the world would be like if it was unimpacted by humans, you know. It was quite incredible mm. to have that moment. So really beautiful. And, of course, we learned all about the the native wildlife and the native plant species uh, from the World Heritage uh, staff who were super entertaining, mm. educational, really fantastic. So we had a great experience with them. Yeah, this is, uh, I think, a, a must-do experience when you're heading over to the wild west mm -hmm. of Tasmania. So from there, we're back to Queenstown. And before we left this area, we had a highlight that we wanted to make sure we did. Jasper had chosen this 
months ago, well before we got to Tasmania, mm-hmm. and that was the West Coast Wilderness Railway. That's right. We'd actually been watching YouTube videos of it for months, and he did even say to me, this is what we're doing for your birthday, which <laughs> I thought was lovely of him to take me on one of his favourite things in the world for my birthday. But talk about a train ride like no other. I mean, we've we've done our fair share of train rides as well, but this was definitely a standout. Everything about this experience was first class. Mm. It was literally like stepping back in time the the train station at queenstown is so beautifully presented and you know it was a really foggy misty cool morning they had the fire roaring in the cafe that adjoins the train station they're using the original engines that worked on this line all of those years ago when they first put the railroad through this part of Tasmania, again, to facilitate mining. But what is unique about this particular rail line is that it runs on a rack and pinion system, which basically means there's a central track that has a series of cogs with cogs underneath the actual engine of the train that pull it up over the mountain. It keeps it very controlled and gives it the ability to ascend and descend up these massive mountains. Oh, it was incredible where we went. And again, we were literally in the rainforest and the rail line runs along the King River, which is absolutely stunning as well. And, you know, we'd often look down off the back carriage of the train and see the very brave and somewhat crazy people down there white water rafting all the way down there there were tiny little specks in the river it was an outstanding experience it really was and for the three-hour tour we had uh four stops in total that gave you a chance every 15 to 30 minutes to all disembark walk around historical sites, pan for gold Mm -hmm. at one of the sites, have a rainforest walk in another site, sit by a fire in a cafe at another site. And then in the final uh, stop was to, which was called Double Barrel, uh, was the ability to watch the train actually be turned on a turntable and then reload the train up and everyone was on their way back and we repeated those stops on the way home as well all by the final stop which was really great to keep kids entertained mm. uh, and not just feel like you're just sitting on a train for three hours we were fortunate to ride in the heritage carriage which meant that we had a butler service mm-hmm. with lunch and morning tea bubbles on arrival mm. it really was a first class experience as you said Absolutely. Loved every moment of it. And the the footage and the scenery, again, just spectacular. I mean, I think we've, we've realised that you can't really look anywhere in Tasmania and not have an incredible view. So mm. these experiences are just showcasing the best of this amazing state. So back to Queenstown. And I got to speak with the owner of the tourist park, Fred. He's uh, the new manager there. And he tipped me off about Australia's most infamous and feared football oval. In fact, it's called the gravel. And it was... I feel like we need to go... Exactly. And it was made back in 1895. 
and its surface is gravel, the entire oval. Uh, now, they play there every other weekend. Crazy people. <laughs> and have done for, you know, 125 years. The kids have their sports carnivals there. Um, I, I was mentioned that the kids were taught to drop and roll. One of the first things they're taught to do there to help, you know, the impact not be Ooh. so harsh oh, on their I body. I can feel it when you talk about it. It makes my knees hurt. But the amount of grazing on their knees and elbows and these football players, you can understand why it's so feared and revered for the, you know, the victors at these games. But quite a unique sight and... Uh, yeah, until you see it, you don't believe it. So, but why? Why is it gravel? Oh, good point. Yeah, for 265 days of the year, Queenstown has heavy rainfall. And so growing grass isn't the problem, but maintaining it is. Right. So they they turned it into a gravel oval and that saves having the issue of no grass. Saves the grass, but not your skin. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. We're... Time for us to leave Queenstown and head south to the southern region of Tasmania, which we do already know we don't have enough time no. to participate in everything that we want to do in that region. But we're going to head towards Hobart and certainly a couple of places we must visit are the Huon Valley and Bruny Island. Oh, yeah. So excited about both of those Look, two weeks in Tassie, we already, I'm already panicking that the time is going too quick and we don't have enough time and making lists everywhere of things that we need to come back and see. There's so much here to do. It's just incredible. Mm. I, I think a fair estimate at this point would be to have maybe three months instead of seven weeks. Mm. So uh, three or four months, I think, would nail it. Really be able to immerse yourself into the communities as well because everybody is so open, open-armed, open yeah. wants to meet you, wants to have a chat, wants to get to know you, and we can talk a bit more about that next week. We'd love you to connect with us on social media and our website, and, of course, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And you can catch our weekly YouTube episode Every Sunday night at 6.30pm, The Feel Good Family. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, we'd love you to subscribe and please share it with your friends and family. And if you have a minute, do write a review. That would give us a lot of joy. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Dream big. Look after your family. And happy trails. Feel the journey. Feel the love. Feel good.